This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. As Taiwan returned from a four-day holiday, the country recorded 359 new cases of COVID-19. 281 were local infections and the remaining 78 were imported. Local governments are taking different measures to keep the spread of COVID under control. John Van Trieste has more. Lining up around the block. Residents of Keelong's Renai district wait to receive free rapid COVID tests. This district is the first to start a citywide program of mass testing amid a recent jump in case numbers. Some residents lined up half an hour before testing started just to get a good spot in the queue. But finished testing they did, at least until the kits ran out. By the end of Tuesday, all the test kits on hand, more than 4,000 in total, had been used. It's not just the recent spate of cases the city is worried about. It's also working to prevent a new spike after a long weekend when many people traveled. All public servants and teachers in the city will have to take rapid tests. Keelong isn't alone in testing government employees. Elsewhere in northern Taiwan, Taoyuan is testing all public servants, police officers and firefighters after the long weekend. The city hopes other residents will consider getting tested too. Other parts of Taiwan are taking a less strict approach, but are still being cautious. The southern city of Kaohsiung says it will conduct mass testing at schools if any students or staff get COVID. New Taipei is making public servants and teachers who haven't gotten two doses of a COVID vaccine show a negative test when going to work. The test results can't be older than three days. In Taipei, Mayor Koenja says anyone with COVID symptoms should get tested. But getting tested in the capital has become hard. Taipei's seven public testing stations can only handle 1,260 people a day. But demand for testing has surged since a recent outbreak centered on a department store. Health authorities have texted 70,000 people who may have been exposed. As local governments come up with their own policies for managing COVID, the central government hopes to keep daily life going ahead as normal. In recent days, Premier Su Zhengchang has referred more than once to a new Taiwanese model for dealing with COVID. Besides quarantining and strict social controls, Su says that while there is some risk to opening up, Taiwan has the vaccination rate and the medical resources it needs to keep the pandemic under control. It seems the days of partial shutdowns Taiwan saw last year won't be coming back. Alex Chen and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan is taking steps to bolster its combat readiness. The country has been closely watching developments in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And with an aggressive neighbor of its own, more emphasis is being placed on its defense. The most recent move is an overhaul of training methods in Taiwan's military. Bing Wang reports. No pain, no gain. Considering the ongoing war in Ukraine, Taiwan's military is overhauling its training to better adapt to an enemy invasion and is looking to revamp its fitness requirements. Military strategists say the existing physical tests, sit-ups, push-ups, and a 3,000-meter run are insufficient. They're considering implementing combat fitness exercises that focus on the entire body. 
The new training is patterned after that of the U.S. military, with adjustments to suit Taiwan's needs. In the last few years, China has stepped up its military pressure on Taiwan through frequent incursions into the country's air defense zone. Beijing has not ruled out a full-scale invasion. The ruling Chinese Communist Party claims Taiwan as a renegade province, despite never having ruled the island. Taiwan has bolstered its defenses in other ways, including intensified reservist training and increasing military preparation. There are also debates on extending conscription time from four months to one year. All this in the hopes that Taiwan will be ready to defend itself in the case of an enemy invasion. Klein Wang and Bing Wang for Taiwan Plus. The United States says it has approved a potential 95 million U.S. dollar package to bolster Taiwan's air defenses. According to the Pentagon, the package would include equipment, maintenance, and training to support the Patriot air defense system. This is a third U.S. arms sale announced under President Joe Biden's administration. Taiwan's presidential office says this shows the rock-solid nature of the Taiwan-U.S. relationship. The deal is expected to come into effect within a month. The U.S., U.K. and Australia say they will begin a joint research effort into the development of hypersonic weapons and in methods to defend against them. The cooperation is part of the AUKUS partnership and comes after Russia's defense ministry claimed to have launched a hypersonic missile during its war in Ukraine. The U.S. and Australia already have an existing joint program to develop hypersonic weapons capabilities. The AUKUS partnership was first announced announced last year when the U.S. and U.K. agreed to help Australia develop a fleet of nuclear submarines. Hypersonic missiles have the ability to virtually erase borders and make any country a potential target. But what exactly makes these weapons so unique and how are they changing the way militaries prepare themselves? Our reporter Jaime Ocon gives us a glimpse into the world of hypersonic missiles. Like something out of science fiction, hypersonic missiles, as seen in this 3D imaging, travel so fast that they challenge the laws of physics. We define hypersonics as going as as、uh, Mach five or above. Mach one is speed of sound, so it's going five times the speed of sound at least or above. And with the war in Ukraine raging on, Russia's recent claim that it used a hypersonic missile in an attack is drawing international concern. If the claims are true, it would be the first time that hypersonic missiles were used on the battlefield. These new hypersonic missiles—they are very fast, but also maneuverable, and they fly on an unpredictable path. So they're very difficult to defend against, and they're very difficult to determine what target they're going after until the last few seconds or so. But Russia isn't the only country working with hypersonics. China displayed its DF-17 hypersonic missile in a military parade in 2019, but little is known about the extent of its capabilities. The U.S. has made similar advancements in hypersonics, but more so in areas such as space exploration and civil aviation. But military officials say they tested a hypersonic missile in March, withholding the announcement so as not to escalate tensions with Russia. With the U.S., Russia, and China developing the technology, it seems a hypersonic arms race is underway.
In Washington, the Biden administration is pushing to fund hypersonic-related research. From a technology point of view, I still think the United States does have a big advantage. However, I, I will say that it appears that China and Russia has beat the, the U.S. Uh, in terms of deploying these missiles. But the U.S. is not far behind. But defending against hypersonic attacks presents a new challenge. Compared to a ballistic missile that flies high up and takes a longer time to come back into Earth's atmosphere, hypersonic missiles fly lower and make it difficult for defense systems to intercept the coming threat. Weapons, engage Los Angeles with two GBIs, one from Fort Greeley and one from Vanderbilt. Director, threat to Los Angeles, engaged. Missile defense simulations like this one by the U.S. military are meant to prepare for the worst, but there's little time to react in such an attack. While the U.S. and its allies are still investigating Russia's claims of hypersonic weapons use, what is certain is that hypersonic missiles will change the way countries must prepare for war. Kamashu and Hami Okan for Taiwan Plus. The European Commission is taking action against Hungary for undermining the rule of law and for allegedly misusing EU funds. The move comes just days after Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban won his fourth term in office in a landslide election victory. Critics of Orban say he has put power and money into the hands of his party and its associates while campaigning against the rights of migrants and LGBTQ people. If the EU's disciplinary measure is approved, Hungary could lose access to billions of euros worth of funding. Twitter has appointed billionaire tech entrepreneur Elon Musk to its board of directors. Musk has spent close to three billion U.S. dollars to increase his stake in Twitter to nearly 10 percent and is now the company's biggest shareholder. The world's richest man is both an avid user and a vocal critic of the social media service. In March, Musk suggested to his 80 million followers that Twitter is not doing enough to protect free speech. The Tesla Motors found founder has also floated potential changes to the service, including making Twitter open source and allowing users to edit their tweets. Twitter has confirmed that it has been working on an edit feature since last year. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inka Vat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.